You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. Dude, I love how you've actually created a little bit of a persona, you know, for me as the co-host from the other coast. Like, we have to get T-shirts made and I mean, sell dude, them. You know, I'm I'm we're watching people comment on uh, our posts, especially when we take selfies together. Um, but people are excited, you know, about what you branded me as co-host from the other coast. <laughs> uh, so good. In the uh, last episode, we took some questions from you, our loyal listeners. That was a really fun episode. So check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJabberJaw and get 15% off your entire order. Speaking of merchandise, Blasco, did you happen to see the t-shirt, the official t-shirt from the Fort Rock Festival this past weekend? I guess this will, by the time this airs, it will be two weekends ago. I don't know that I did. What was there anything special about it? Yeah, so there was a couple of misspellings or left off letters in a few of the band names. So for instance, under oath, they left off the T at the end, so it just says under oat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Red Sun Rising, they added an O uh, after the first I, so it's like riosing. But the point is, our boys at Rockabilia would never let that fly. You know, they they pride themselves in only having officially licensed, but also shirts hoodies, jackets, beanies, hats of, you know, the utmost quality. So head over there, tell them Blasco and Mike sent you. Use the code PCJabberJaw and get 15% off. This week we talk about music blogs. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Oh yeah. So like last week's episode, which I hope you guys all listened to, because they come out on Monday, we had to say things like, yo, it was great seeing you this weekend at Welcome to Rockville, even though it hadn't happened yet. So we're going to go with that again. I'm going to say, yo, Blasco, it was awesome seeing you in Mexico City at the Heaven and Hell Festival last weekend. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? I think there's a fair chance that we both might not survive. I mean, we're going to be in Mexico City at a 
amazing festival on Cinco de Mayo. There, you know, there's a huge chance we might not come back from that. You've been to Mexico City before, I presume? Not on Cinco de Mayo, though. Uh, yeah, I've only been there once. I was fascinated by it, and I'm so excited to go back. So, uh, or I'm glad that we just went, and it was awesome to see you, bro. Yeah, man. So, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what the inspiration was for this, um, other than we maybe have skipped over music blogs uh, as as a topic. So, potentially, this is a, a really good one. Now. Um, when I when I think music blogs, potentially we think metal sucks, blabbermouth, metal injection, that type of stuff, yeah, right? Noisy. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, does Revolver count? Things like that, that are an extension of what was once a magazine. I th- I would think that it 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 would, even though it's not, even though it's an extension of its brand. How it lives online is definitely in blog form, right? So. I think that's that's a fair fair guess. But anyway, I found this guest post by uh, Angela uh, Mastro Giacomo, who we've used uh, many times before. And this is a piece she wrote called Five Reasons Small Blogs Can Launch a Music Career. And um, it starts off like this. Everyone wants to get the major blog placements. The review on Pitchfork, the news post on Alternative Press, the feature on stereo gum. And while all of those are incredible placements to land, many artists seem to be missing a vital key in what can help build their career, small blogs. So next time you're getting ready to start outreach for your new single or album, keep in mind these five reasons that small blogs should be at the top of your list. Now, before we get into it, I just want to note that, you know, potentially the initial question here is, where do I even find blogs, right? So in the show notes, uh, there is a link to the top 100 music blogs of 2018. So if you uh, are questioning what is a blog, where do they exist, how do I find them, show notes, link. Number one, you're more likely to get in touch with them. The first advantage to a smaller outlet is that you have a better shot at getting in touch with them. While it's true that even the smallest blogs get hundreds of press releases and pitches per day, odds are they're checking their email a little more often and more likely to actually read yours and possibly even respond. Make sure to tailor your pitch to them. For example, use the writer's name, comment on something they've written that you like, etc. And you're that much more likely to get a response from them. Yeah, I think this is, you know, great advice. And just as a whole, you know, no matter whether it's blogs, uh, tours, you know, anything when you're a developing artist, you have to start somewhere that's actually attainable, you know. And and when I've worked with artists, you know, they, of course, they want to shoot for this guy. They want alternative press out of the gates. And it's good to have those, you know, those aspirations. But oftentimes when you do start at places like this, the these smaller things, you use it as a building block, you know, to prove to the other outlets that, you know, you're actually worth something. You kind of use these as a validator um, as you're, you know, trying to move up to, to the bigger outlets. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, 
you know, ask yourself, is your band niche specific of some kind, right? Because we always say that, you know, at the beginning stages, it's, it's, uh, you don't want to try to appeal to everyone because you will just get lost in the shuffle. You have to really niche down to the very core basic of who it is that your audience is. So is your band niche specific? If it is, Google. Google whatever niche that is, whatever heavy metal, hard rock subgenre that you're in. Google blogs of that genre. I guarantee you there's blogs. There is, you know, what else is uh, beneficial, Mike, is is guys that um, have like uh, radio shows, like mixed cloud shows to where they're, they, they, you know, they're DJs like in, in, in uh, a lot of what I do, I reach out to these dudes and I've done this, right? I've reached out to guys that have blogs, guys that have mixed cloud shows and I reach out to them. Granted, yes, like, you know, I've, I started off with, hey, I'm the dude from Ozzy Osbourne, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, you could reach out, but the point of it is, is how she suggests to do it is what I do in that you find out who they are, right? You reach out to them by name. You go, man, I'm really a big fan of your show. I'm really a big, big fan of your blog. I subscribe. I, I have you on my RSS feed that I read while I'm pooping in the morning or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like, like it, it, acknowledge that what they do, what you like, what they do, build a relationship with them. Um, you know, on, on a mixed cloud show, maybe they can play one of your tracks, right? Like, uh, um, on a, on a blog, they can review, they can play your video, what, like what have you, but do exactly this. And this is highly advantageous, man. Like build the relationships, reach out, try and a- a- acknowledge them for what they do. And, and look, man, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's where you start, you know, it's, it's, and, and it's cool because these people are accessible, you know? Yeah. It absolutely has to be a two way street, right? You know, you need something from them or want something from them. And in turn, how can you help them, you know, with whatever they're doing? So being respectful, doing your research, again, being engaging is the way to get the foot in the door. And then once that's done and they actually work with you, you know, it's about promoting them, telling your friends that it was a great outlet, you know, and keeping that relationship alive because you and I have both seen plenty of, you know, small bloggers end up going to, you know, work for massive publications, you know, as their careers develop. Good, good point. By the way, uh, I, yeah. can we put one of the the mix the mix clouds or whatever you mentioned in our show notes? I'm not really familiar with with all of that. Yeah, sure. Without a doubt. Number 2, they have an extremely loyal audience. Most blogs tend to have a distinct voice that makes it their own. It could be in the writing and or in the features themselves, but it's this uniqueness that attracts readers to them, and it's that same uniqueness that gets them to stay, making small blogs a nesting ground of loyal fans hanging on the blog's every recommendation. If you get their seal of approval, that recommendation goes a long way in their reader's willingness to check you out. Yeah, I mean, this goes back to that kind of validation point where, you know, if if I follow a blog and in particular like a certain writer and they recommend something, I'm going to be much more apt to check it out than if it's just, you know, some no name or or some 
some place that hasn't curated enough uh, recommendations that that I like. So uh, this is yeah, fantastic advice. What, what's your take on it? Yeah, and in 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 branching off of this, I mean, it's there's a community. You know, potentially some of these places have communities. Whether it's like you know they have their own forums or you know chat rooms. Um, uh, maybe it's a fa- private Facebook group. And then maybe they have like a Reddit thread, you know, you kind of got to be willing to, to go deep and really start to engage. And, um, but that's where these, you know, loyal, you know, these loyal, you know, blog fans and it, like they're, they're hanging out, you know, they're, they're all online and they're all in their own little, their own little hunting grounds, you know? So it's like a, a matter of sort of infiltrating into that and kind of really, you know, making connections, you know, just, it's just, it's just networking, but it's networking online, you know? No, totally. And, and, you know, I think one thing that I'd like to comment on, because I've seen artists who, who pitch to blog sometimes and don't get accepted, you know, because the person that is in charge, you know, for whatever reason, doesn't feel that it's worth coverage. Maybe they don't like the band or maybe they don't think they're of a large enough size. Don't take that personally. You know, I've watched artists who very much do take it personally, have tried in some ways to retaliate and you know, then that that blogger or editor has gone on to a much higher position, you know, either here or somewhere else and is never going to cover your band ever again. Um, so, you know, you got to be smart. Yeah. I mean, I was just uh, I just did Jamie's Josta's podcast and we were talking about gatekeepers and, you know, I mean, <clears throat> you can't take it personally. A lot of times if these gatekeepers, you know, they're, they can be elitist sometimes and they can be very picky as to what they consider is right for their audience. Um, and if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. Move on, you, you know, till you find one. Don't, don't let that be a source of frustration. Um, and if you, you know, and the, and the way to combat that is become your own tastemaker. You know, be, <laughs> yeah, be absolutely. Your own or, or hone your pitch, right? I mean, so much of yeah. it is about, the way that you're presenting it um, because you know, whether it's a small blog or not, they're probably getting a lot of submissions. And if, you know, if your pitch is bland or you're not really selling yourself in a way that connects with, you know, their style, there's no way they're even going to, you know, listen to it, let alone try to cover it. Yep. Uh, number three, they'll actually share the article. For whatever reason, large blogs just don't seem to share content in the same way that small blogs do, particularly in relation to their articles on indie artists. Yet when you secure a feature on an up-and-coming blog, they will always they will almost always share that to their fans multiple times on multiple platforms, which means you're not just getting in front of the readers who happen to be on the site that day, but you're getting in front of their entire social media audience and drastically increasing your visibility. Yeah, this is absolutely true. And and it goes back to also what can you do to help them? You know, as they're sharing, uh, you know, their coverage of you, you've absolutely got to, you know, get you and all of your bandmates and whoever else is in your network to share it as well. And and one thing that we found is helpful is taking screenshots of, you know, your socials, sharing it and sending it to them. So they're cognizant that you are, you know, giving them the love uh, in a reciprocal fashion. That's a great tip. And, you know, keep in mind that, uh, 
you know, a, a blog is looking for validation just like a brand new band is. So by reaching out to them and acknowledging that you, you like what they're doing, like they want to hear that. And not only that, a smaller blog, they're looking for content. You know, they're, they're looking for exclusive content. And, um, and so if you can build that relationship by, you know, acknowledging them and sharing, sharing the content, taking screenshots, you know, kind of really helping them along. Like I said, it's like, they're looking for the validation just as much as you are. So now is a really good opportunity to, to build that relationship and help each other grow. And like Mike said, you know, eventually if this dude's blog becomes something popular, he may end up at one of these noisy pitchfork, you know, places or whatever to where he's going to have a lot more influence and he's going to be even more of a gatekeeper. But if you've built that relationship, you know, potentially he can reciprocate once he uh, starts, starts to climb the hierarchy of the blogosphere. Yeah, and, and you saying the word exclusivity makes me want to just mention that I think it's important when you are going to get coverage, especially if it's like a, a premiere of something, a new song or a video, be clear about what their expectations are. A lot of the bigger ones, for instance, if they're going to you know premiere your video, they want a 24-hour exclusive for it to only be on their platform. And you know that's because they're doing you a favor and they want you to drive traffic to them for that time period. So, you know, I've watched a lot of bands that either didn't know that, it wasn't discussed, and then the outlet gets really mad because they assumed that they had that exclusivity but never conveyed it to the artist. So, you know, it's just I think it if you do get any sort of feature, yeah, just kind of ask how can you help you know, to share it. And are there any limitations that you should be aware of, you know, uh, that, that, that they, you know, kind of, yeah, that's their standard practice. Yep. Well said. Number four, their features will be more in depth. One thing I've noticed over the last four years of being a publicist is that while the big blog placements are great for visibility and bragging rights, their features just don't seem to pack the same punch that a review or a feature on a smaller outlet does. It's the smaller blogs that take the time to really dive into the artist world through detailed descriptions of their music, thought-provoking interview questions, and lengthy comprehensive articles. Why is this valuable? For a few reasons. The first being that as an indie artist, you want an article that showcases who you are and what your music is all about. So that if people don't already know who you are, by the end of the article, they want to. The second is that having these highly quotable pieces of content to share in your press kit and on social media is simply invaluable. Uh, question for you. I mean, do you read a lot of features on blogs anymore or did you ever? Yeah, I mean, I think that I do. I, I mean, it's like I skin, like I've, I've got a bunch of things on my RSS. So I've got like Blabbermouth, Metal Sucks. I've got Hypebot. Um, I've got a, like Doomed and Stone. I've got a, I've got a few other things that I kind of skim through, and um, and I'll, and I'll certainly, I'll certainly dig into it if it's um if it's appealing, you know, if I'm curious what it, what more about it, like album reviews or features or like an interview. Um, I still do that. Okay. And you also pay attention to, to actual reviews of records. 
Uh, sometimes. I mean, if it's something that I'm curious about, I mean, there's an actual blog that is monthly um, called the Doom Charts. And they, at once a month, there's like a, there's like a collective group of people that are um, bloggers, record label owners, and they collectively put together their votes and they tally up what is the, the 25 um, strongest albums of the month. Now, in there, and a lot of, and there's a lot of waxing and waning that goes on here. It's not always the same 25, you know, records. And in there, in, in, in these 25 lists of records, there are reviews. And I honestly, like, I'll read through all those reviews. I will find that album on Spotify. If I don't have it already, I'll, I'll listen to it. I'll pick a track. I'll add it to my playlist. Like, it's, to me, it's very interactive. And, yeah, so, like, I mean, I really blaze through, like, you know, at least once a month, 25 album reviews um, on this particular blog. Yeah, and the reason I asked is, you know, I've never been, you know, I haven't paid a ton of attention to reviews over my career, but now I'm just like, why would I go read a review when I can just find the record at the tip of my fingers, right? It's on Spotify, so why don't I go, you know, if I'm hearing a lot of hype about something, why don't I go and just formulate my own opinion on it? Um mm-hmm. You know, whereas previously when it was all physical sales, the reviews mattered much, much more to me because it was the, helping me determine whether or not I want to invest in a particular record. Um, and I guess, I mean, what's interesting to me about the longer, you know, more in-depth articles is I just feel like people's attention spans are, are shot. And that's why I was asking if you actually read features and you know, I do, but I, I do prefer the shorter features than the longer ones. But I guess maybe I'm unique or or maybe. No, different. agreed. Like there's only so much time in the day, you know, and, and sometimes you got to really, you know, pick your battles. But I believe what the intent here is that, you know, these smaller blogs, they've got more time to put some attention to detail and um, and you can really sort of you know, attach these kinds of things to EPKs and, you, you, you know, your general presentation, you know, sharing it on your socials, like, hey, we just did an interview with so-and-so and, you know, whatever. I mean, I think that there's, the, the, regardless of who's able to read it, I think the fact that it exists is really sort of the point here. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and one other tip just of things that we do in, you know, when we're, releasing records or building up to that is if we get you know uh a good tagline you know something that says you know the album of the year or you know the next best thing we oftentimes will will pull that out put it on an image you know like a live photo or a band photo or the album art and then use that as a tool for promotion you know tagging the the outlet in there and i think that kind of goes goes a long way as well yeah and you know you know what i've 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 done and I've done it multiple times. I'll even find a good quote from a bad review and use that or like, you know what I mean? Or it's kind of like whenever you take it out of context, it right. sounds like something good. <laughs> and then, and then I'll do that exact same thing. I'll add it to our, our little graphic and I'll put the blog logo right next to it and they get so bummed, but you know, fuck them. That, that's amazing. I hadn't thought of, of doing that, but maybe it's just cause you know, my artists don't get bad reviews, Blasco. <laughs> good for you man yeah, exactly you're full of shit Maori. get out of here <laughs> um, final number five 
there's opportunity for long-term growth. Many writers have more than one gig. They may run their own blog on the side while also freelancing for a larger outlet, or they may get their feet wet writing for a small blog and in a few years' time gain enough experience to go on to the larger ones. My point being, when you align yourself with a growing blog, it's a natural fit that allows the two of you to grow together. Yeah, I I mean, without a doubt, it's just continuing to build relationships um, within this business. And you and I have both seen, and we're perfect examples of that, you know, as you stick with it, you continue to grow and have, you know, uh, I guess more, more of a, more of a presence in this. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, she wraps up the article like this. It's unreasonable to think that an emerging band who is just getting their footing should grab the attention of a major player in the blogging world, but to align with the blog who is also just getting started, build that relationship, and perhaps in a few years' time, both be in a position to secure a larger feature. Maybe we should have covered this at the outset, but I have been getting a vibe from a lot of labels and publicists that, you know, out blogs are just not playing the same role that they did a year or two ago. Are you, are you getting that same feedback? Uh, I'm not, but in what context would someone say that? Meaning may, like maybe there's, maybe there's too many. So it's, it's starting to spread a little thin Well, or and, like and, what's, and this is different than maybe these, these smaller blogs that they're, they're mentioning here in more of the, you know, the larger outlets that we talked about at the beginning, the APs, the metal socks, the, you know, revolvers and decibels. But, you know, I guess the effectiveness of things like exclusive premieres, a lot of labels who have built up their own, you know, social channels, take Sumerian, for instance, you know, they've got over a million YouTube subscribers. I don't know what their Facebook is at, but it's pretty large as well. And so they're sort of saying, you know, we've got almost as big of a reach as you guys do you know why are we going to give this to you when we already have kind of the curated fan base who you know who's eagerly awaiting you know the 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 premiere of whatever artist it may be yeah i mean i think you know getting featured on blogs and building those relationships is really just an overall slice of the pie um I, I don't necessarily think that even on the big scale that a, that a feature on uh, on stereo gum is necessarily some significant needle mover, right? It's just in and of itself, it's a piece of the pie. Granted, stereo gum versus a smaller blog is is a uh, a larger slice of the pie, but still, in and of itself, it's it's not something that's going to be life changing for anyone. Um, it's just part of the process. And I think here, my takeaway is like, just like in everything else, Mike, and just like stuff that we've covered before, it's like, look, just get started. Start small. Don't don't wake up one day and go like, oh, man, how come this band got featured on Stereo Gum and we didn't? Like, start small. Build the relationships. Y you know, like, like, don't get frustrated that you're not an overnight sensation. You know, you got to like, I mean, like, for instance, at Fort Rock, I was talking to the Power Trip guys, and they were like, man, we've been doing this for 10 years, you know? And now, 
just now over the course of what, last year and a half, two years, are they really building some momentum? Are they playing the Danny Wimmer Presents festivals, you know? Are they, you know, they're headlining tours, they're selling records. It took, took 10 years, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, dude, we both know that, you know, that's usually the rule. Like, the exception is the band that, you know, breaks out in the first year, second, or third, you know, and, and any time before 10 years almost. Yeah, and just to go back to what I was saying about, you know, the the value of premieres or exclusives, I do, you know, especially since we target, you know, developing artists, I do think that the the validation, I should say, of, you know, these types of premieres are still, you know, something that that I utilize again as a way to show the industry, like, hey, Revolver covered this, for instance. And then to build that relationship with Revolver. So we're kind of giving them something in terms of a premiere. And hopefully down the line, they're giving us something like, you know, more of a feature in, you know, an interview or on the blog or even in the magazine. Well said, my friend. Well... That concludes episode 67. Thank you all for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you have for the podcast to me at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, what you got cooking? Thanks again for, uh, you know, bringing us a great article to discuss. Uh, what I got cooking, Blasco, is excited to go to Mexico, hang with you, um, you know, maybe purchase a festival t-shirt that doesn't have <laughs> band <laughs> misspellings. Um and yeah, you guys can follow what we do or what I do, um, both Twitter and Instagram at Mike O'Loop. And if you want to take a deeper dive into growing your career, check out my coaching platform, www.outerloopcoaching.com. That's really all I got, my man. Right on. See you in Mexico, my friend. Absolutely. Peace. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, We've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. 
Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.